This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, this Friday edition of Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, uh, Dennis Dick. A little bit of a uh, unusual setup today. Uh, the entire Benzinga uh, team is working from home. Uh, that includes myself. That includes Joel, obviously, and Dennis. So we are all remote today. Um, a lot to talk about today. Obviously, we had the craziest day in the market in uh, 33 years. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Dennis might not may not join the entire show today. He might step off at 8:15. Uh, but when he does that, we'll be joined by our first guest of the day, Dan Foreman, who is the executive director uh, and uh, sector strategist at Olive Tree Financial. And then at 8:35, we'll be joined by Chris Brecher from Brecher Trading. Uh, before I throw it to Joel, I just want to say that uh, the I muted. The the YouTube chat today. I felt like it got a little bit out of hand yesterday. Uh, and that plus the fact that I only have two screens in front of me, I can't really monitor both chats and other things at the same time. So if you want to chat with us today, go to the premarket.benzingo.com chat, uh, sign up there uh, and you can chat with us. But just for the sake of uh, remoteness and also the chat guide, I felt like a little jokes went too far yesterday in light of uh, what's happening out there. So uh, chat with us, premarket.benzingo.com. And uh, let's let's get the show on the road here. Joel, tell us about what what has happened here overnight? Good morning to you, Spencer. Good morning, pre-market prep listeners out there. Uh, we're living up. Can you believe that? Uh, we're up uh, 126 handles at uh, 25.95. That's your high of the day. I can't give you the next high, the next level. I'll just alert um, our traders and investors that if we get up to 26, 58, 75, that's another 60-some handles. That was the interday high from yesterday. So that's a potential target on the upside. We'll keep an eye on that. Hard to figure the retracement now 50% because if we stay at this level, we're going to open up higher and 
We'll see where that's going to be. Crude up a buck sixty six at uh, thirty three sixteen. Uh, gold still getting pounded down ten twenty at fifteen eighty ten. Uh, silver down thirty nine and a half cents at fifteen sixty one, and Bitcoin down five hundred and ninety five dollars five thousand four hundred and fifteen. That hit a low of four thousand two hundred and ten last night, folks, and uh, so not good for Bitcoin. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, we're glad to see you. How you doing? I'm okay. I've you know a little paranoid here because I do have the flu. Um, and you look at and here's you know what everybody's going to go through because obviously probably ninety percent of the flus out there are just the normal seasonal flu, and then the other one is COVID, and the difference in symptoms, like I'm looking online and it's so hard to tell what the difference is. I mean, both normal flus, you have a little bit of sore throat, fever, um, cough. I mean, the symptoms are virtually like you can say there's a difference, but really I don't see much difference at all when I'm looking online. I kind of fit the bill of seasonal flu. I kind of fit the bill of COVID. So you sit here and you're kind of worried. I did go to the clinic yesterday. The doctor said he doesn't think I'm a suspected case. I wore my mask into the clinic because um, of the concern. I was the only person in the clinic wearing a mask, like besides the doctors, but of the patients in the waiting room, everybody's kind of looking at you like you got the plague because you got the mask on. But the doctor said to me, you know, it's smart. He's like, it's very dangerous to go into, you know, walk-in clinics or any doctor's office right now because a lot of sick people. I asked the doctor, this was in Windsor, if he'd had any suspicious cases. And he said, yes, he's sent multiple people for testing already. He said to me, he says, I'm not, the one thing, the big thing that I'm not doing is I'm not running a fever. And that's why he didn't send me for testing. He's like, he would probably be running a fever. And here's, and here's, and here's my boy. <laughs> the boy's running around here pretty good. Come here, Spencer. You can see him too. So he was the one, first one that got sick. Come here, Spencer. You can talk to the whole world here. This is Spencer. <laughs> this is Spencer. And he's kind of running around. So he's the one. He was the catalyst. He got it first. But he's feeling pretty good now. He's still running a little bit of a fever, but he's running around now. Oh, so man. I think he's getting better, which is good news. So I'm hoping he's two days ahead of me. I hope I feel like he does two days from now. But right now, I kind of feel like I just want to go lay down in bed. But I'm toughening it out for you guys. All so. right. There yeah, he see, is, there you man. are. You're on TV, Spencer. Look at that. He's excited about that. Boy. He likes um, seeing that. He's going to be hard to get rid of here because I was letting my wife sleep in a little bit. <laughs> so she's not awake yet. So um, anyway, Spencer, well, can you go watch TV, buddy? And I'll be up in a few minutes. We're glad oh, that at least he's feeling better. Excellent. We're I'll glad he's feeling better. And uh, we hope that you feel better in, in, in a day or two. It, it's scary. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. And this is what people are going to go through. You get the normal flu and you're like, do I have it? Do I have it? And, you know, I've had this thought process for the last two days. Do I have it? Don't I have it? And then I'm playing with myself. I'm like, even if I do have it, most people are going to be able to fight this off. I was talking to my buddy Chris. His whole family got just rampaged with the flu there. Uh, last week and he's convinced that he's like man this was like a flu I've never had before he's convinced that he thinks he had and he's already fought through it so don't kid yourself there's going to be people that get this they're going to fight like a normal flu and they're like wow that was a good one and they're not going to realize it was COVID so it is around um, I think the stats um, what was it from Ohio um, the Department of Health from Ohio and I, I might be messing that up but I was reading on Twitter suspects that there's a hundred thousand cases in Ohio and this is coming from the, do the doctor from the Department of Health of Ohio saying when they do the math and they do projections that that is how many people are. It's already out there. So don't kid yourself. This stuff is everywhere now. 
It's just a matter of how deadly is it? Is it like the normal seasonal flu? And is the death rate going to be, you know, only at 0.1% is it going to be at 1% is it going to be like World Health Organization at 3%. We don't have the answer to any of those questions. But I can tell you it is out there. I know we have a couple confirmed cases in the Detroit area. We have a couple yep. confirmed cases in Windsor, which is a city of 300,000 people. You're going to see this in your backyard. You're going to see in the next few weeks cases popping up. You're going to be scared. Ontario closed all schools yesterday. Yep, Disney too. World is closed. Um, they're talking about closing all the movie theaters. There's so many things that are closing here. And that's, you know, it's all scary for all of us. And that's why the markets continue to be sold. Because just imagine, you're scared for your health. You're scared, you know, to go outside. You're probably scared for your money, too. So you are seeing people just throwing away stocks because they're scared. Is that irrational behavior? I don't know yet. You know, and I'm going to give you two scenarios um, in, in, a, in a minute or two when you want to. But I've got two scenarios. And one of them is not good. One of them is very good. So when you're ready for that, let me know, or we can just talk yeah. I just stocks. I got a I just have a just one tad of bad uh, news. Bad news, not super bad news, but I uh, I did a look. You know, on the way home, I did my taxes yesterday with my accountant. On the way home, I stopped by Costco, and um, you know, I picked up. Yeah, essentials. you know, you know, you mentioned you were going, and I thought that's not a great idea. How was it? It wasn't too bad, but you know what I did? You know, they have those huge vodka bottles. You know, they have the essentials. Well, I I got two of them. Right. And when I was putting stuff away, I kicked one over and it broke. <laughs> so you lost floor. all your vodka. I lost, well, I got two, but now I'm, I'm only down to one. And I tell you, it's a necessity right now to have vodka in this environment, <laughs> especially if you're going to if we're all going to be quarantined in our homes. It's excessive. I've got all my kids are here now, so. All right. Do you want to you want to give your I, It's a mistake to let, we'll the, to, the to let my wife sleep in. It was a mistake to let Laura sleep in. Because normally she could keep these kids under control, but there's no lock on the door and they just open the door. So now we got the other one. This one has good, not been good. Sick. This is great. No, here's we, Natalie. She is not we need, been sick here. She is through all of this. And now she wants to sit here and draw on this piece of paper that I have. Great. So. Uh, yes. Come on, Natalie. Join the show. <laughs> this is what we needed today. The kids, uh, we're trying to give you some light, light. You, and you know what? The market's got a nice rally here, too. I mean, this is a good thing. Um, to bounce back. People have been asking me, when are you going to start buying stocks? You know, I'm getting this, you know, sent to me on Twitter. I'm getting emails. I'm getting calls from friends. Are you buying stocks here? The answer is no, because I have too many unknowns yet. I'm still sitting with 70% cash, even the cash, but the stocks that I have, like, you know, here you are, you think you're, you're sitting good in your portfolio with 70% cash. And then you look and when, you know, when, when the stock market goes down nine or 10% yesterday, and you think, well, you're still 30% invested, well, you still lose 3% of your net worth, even in 70% cash. That is like, I'm like, I did not expect to be losing that much money when I have this much cash. So, you know, regardless, I do believe eventually stocks are going to come back. So, you know, to sell everything out of your long-term portfolio, I believe is a mistake. Um, You know, to just say liquidate everything, I'm getting out. Because you got to think, if you're investing for 10 to 15 years down the road, Natalie's holding her arm like this too. If you're investing for 15 or 20 years down the road, you got to think we're eventually going to get through all of this. But, you know, don't just think come in here on margin that everything's going to be back at all time highs next week, because I think we are still early in the news flow of COVID. I think you're going to have some of your worst fears come to fruition here in the next little while. And that being family members getting sick, you know, maybe your aunt, maybe your grandfather, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's hopefully not your child, but, you know, there could be people get sick. They're probably going to get through it. But, you know, when you get a confirmed case, 
that you have a close family member that has COVID, it is going to be very scary. I mean, we have the Prime Minister of Canada last night. His wife was diagnosed with COVID last night. This is the Prime Minister of Canada. So they are both now in quarantine. So this is going to take no prisoners. It is going to spread and a lot of people are going to get it. So that fear in itself could drive the markets lower. And that's the risk. So I'm going to take a quick break and let you guys talk for two minutes. I'm going to wake up my wife so I don't have the kids on my lap the whole time. So okay, now we'll, <laughs> unless we'll you keep... want me to do the whole show with Natalie on my lap, <laughs> I, I kind of. He's do. asking She's, me for breakfast. You know I love kids, man. What about you? He's asking give me us for breakfast lessons. right now. We're today is the, get you today's some the day. Okay. All right, Dennis. We'll, we'll see you in a second. I'm going to be back in a couple minutes. Okay. All right. Uh, and to, to Dennis's point here, Joel. I mean, um, if you don't believe things will get better then what is the what is the alternative right yeah i feel like you almost have you you have to believe that 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 that, that things will get better and um that that's all that's all there is so it, it, you have world leaders you have the head of uh head of the cdc saying things will get worse and you have to expect that things will get worse everything will get worse the market will get worse expect it before it gets better yeah yeah, I mean, I you know, obviously, uh, kind of in the trenches here. Uh, we are in know, the trenches. Lisa, we are. You yeah. know, with Lisa, and um, you know, she you know she looks at the you know what's going on in Germany. I mean, you know, do do you see what the you know the death rate is in Germany? I haven't seen Germany. No, what is it? It's very low. It's very low. Okay, yeah, good. It's very low. Um, in Italy, you know, much different country uh, than ours. I mean, when this when this whole thing when this whole thing like really started, she was yeah. like, "This is this is here to stay." You know, this is something that we're going to be dealing with uh, for a long time. And you know, a lot of people are going to get it, and that's just going to be the way it is. I think you know, in this day and age, with the media, I mean, I'm not, you know, we're the media and stuff. And I, you know, but it, it really gets things to take things just to another level. So what I want to do um, is just calm down. I want the market to calm down. I just, it like, we had what I discussed, a 342 point range yesterday. Um, and I'm glad we're up, you know, nibbled at some things small yesterday, but I'd rather, man, I'd rather, I'm just, I'm praying. I remember I was so bummed when we were having these 20, 25 point ranges. And I'm like, yeah. wow, this is so hard. This is so hard. I love your volatility. Well, those are the days, those are the days, right? Yeah. Now, so naive. So naive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm and, back here um, too, guys, whenever you're ready. Okay. okay. All right, Dennis, you we got two minutes to our first guest. Do you no, want to give I, you two I, scenarios? I, or? I no, we'll do that after. So I have two scenarios. One of them is very bleak, and one of them is rah, rah, the Bulls will be back. I'm hoping the rah, rah one is going to win, but I have two <laughs> scenarios. I'm going to talk about them both, and I'm going to talk to you, you know, how I'm positioning myself for this. Okay. All right. Well, let's get our, our first let's guest. Is he around? Uh, guest thoughts on this he is around and i'm going to bring him on right now dan foreman he's executive director uh global technology sector strategist at olive tree financial dan good morning hey good morning guys um i guess what what is your take on all this we are like in the storm right now uh and it 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 seems like it could go on for a while here so what is your take on, on all of this sure well first of all thanks so much for having me this morning um 
a lot of moving parts as you guys are uh, discussing and describing, which makes it complicated to, you know, really take a step back and think about what the right approach to the marketplace is right now. But, um, you know, as I had commented yesterday in my written comments, I think that the macro strategists are in the process of reevaluating their S&P numbers in terms of the earnings power for the S&P 500. And so until we have a little bit more certainty around the earnings power of these companies, um, you know, the marketplace will likely remain in a more volatile place. Um, I do think, as I was writing yesterday, that we're starting to see the supply chain in Asia go back to normal. So on the supply side, we're starting to see normalcy resume. I think, you know, the question one has to ask themselves about that dynamic is, does anything lag lower again? Um, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, uh, so I can't you know espouse an opinion around what's happening from a virus perspective. But you know I think the bear scenario would be that something reappears in Asia, and if that doesn't happen, then you know the coast is clear. And then the other side of it is we're seeing companies just pull their guidance across the board. This morning, Jable pulled their guidance. They built for Apple. They built for Cisco. Broadcom pulled their guidance. So companies are suggesting that we may have a demand problem in North America and Europe. Certainly dynamics like Italy create a major demand problem when there's just literally nothing happening if people are quarantined in their homes. So then we need to figure out, as we're monitoring all these data points, are are we going to see sort of a catastrophic dynamic occur in other markets besides Italy? Maybe not. Maybe, but until we have a little bit more clarity, I just don't think that investors have enough, uh, you know, ability to actually ascertain what's what are numbers going to actually look like. So I think what most investors do in this sort of a scenario is they just start building out scenario analyses where they say, okay, well, it could get this bad, it could get this, you know, it could be very bare scenario would be X, a mediumly, you know, bad scenario would be Y. And so, you know, as I was looking at the S&P 500 earnings, you know, we've seen, we've seen strategists cut, you know, from 175 to 165 in earnings. If you want to take a more draconian scenario, you would say, well, maybe there's a 10% cut or a 20% cut and then apply the right multiple. Now, any, any, uh, you know, market participant can quickly look to see what trough multiples have looked like for the S&P 500 and then build out their own scenario analysis. Um, as I suggested yesterday, I thought the S&P 2500 implied roughly uh, a 10% cut to S&P earnings power, uh, and now we're bouncing. Um, do, you know, short term for, for, you know, people who are listening to this call, uh, you know, what's the advice? Very tough to say. I mean, personally, I think it's a trader's marketplace, um, and if you can be nimble, you're going to probably end up making quite a bit of money. Um, if you can time the lows and you can buy the highest quality companies in the marketplace, uh, you will probably massively outperform once the market stabilizes, but you know, catching that trough is the art. So those are my overall thoughts. And what about you know you're a you're a technology sector strategist here, and and that's your space. So what yeah. about your your space specifically? So I do believe that um, we are watching destruction happened so quickly in price action that opportunities are naturally cropping up. And as I stated 
earlier, you know, the highest quality companies, in my opinion, is where one should be focusing and looking for very strong balance sheets, looking for high free cash flow generation, looking for tons of revenue visibility, looking for, you know, price power, high margins, all of the traditional metrics that investors are looking for when they're looking for high quality businesses. But I think in this dynamic, that be, in this market, backdrop that becomes increasingly important so smaller companies with smb exposure maybe are not the best place to be looking for uh you know looking for investments i'd, I'd be upgrading portfolios right now uh would be my advice and and looking to own you know the highest quality companies uh this morning you see for example an upgrade at wells fargo and apple i think that's a logical thought process as the stock is pulling back given the size of you know the balance sheet and um, you know the valuation as it begins to pull in uh, that's a stock that um, you know personally I had been commenting I thought was quite um, uh, potentially overbought uh, but as it pulls in of course uh, it's a great company and one that uh, investors I would think logically would be looking to accumulate on pullbacks you know the same thing with high quality companies like Microsoft and Amazon and others. And I'm trying to remember who who was that announced a buyback uh, last night. I believe it was Oracle. Oracle, right? Thank you. Uh, yep. That seems seems logical in this environment. Do you expect more companies to be doing that sort of thing? Um, I mean, look, Oracle's a huge, 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 huge company. So the stock is not expensive on traditional metrics. So to see them increasing the buyback is logical. The thing that I think that companies like that are more likely to begin to do and will be interesting and potentially put a floor in the marketplace would be more aggressive M&A as the higher multiple growth stocks see multiple compression uh, and a company like Oracle has had a history of being inquisitive. I would suspect that they're probably watching closely for opportunities as multiples contract in both the public and the private marketplaces. Yeah, so it's all about just looking uh, for, I guess, looking for your blue chips, looking for your tech blue chips, and and going from there, uh, making your picks. shopping list. Where, uh, like you mentioned, the Apple here. Uh, you know what else? I mean, it's hard. Would Would you wait? You know, like obviously a limit up situation. You go here again. Um, yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna wait for a pullback here? Because theoretically, if you're gonna wait. I don't know. Are we going to go well, back and test I'm low? Not, I mean, I'm how, not how currently, do you do it? How do you approach it? So I'm not currently managing capital. Okay. However, you know, I'm in the business of providing advice. Um, so were I to be managing capital, um, yes, I would be looking to begin to accumulate the highest quality names, especially into a macro dynamic where I feel I've got valuation support, arguably on the S&P, which is the you know high level point that at 2,500, I think we've sort of priced in a 10% cut to consensus estimates. Now that could be too aggressive if we see demand destruction, which is what I was talking about earlier in terms of it seems like the supply side of things is beginning to improve a little bit here. Uh, but, you know, we don't know what's happening on the demand side. So I think one wants to be, um, you know, very long-term focused, as you guys were describing earlier. Um, if, you know, 
people are invested in the marketplace. I, I don't think it's just wholesale, hey, get out of the market. I, I'm, I'm a long-term believer in the marketplace where I wouldn't have chosen this particular profession. Um, however, uh, I do think that if investors have the ability to be nimble, then yeah, I think it makes sense to be a little more cautious, to have raised cash, as, as uh, Dennis commented earlier in the conversation. And then as we pull in, you know, begin to deploy it, but to deploy it slowly because we just don't know. And I don't think missing a rally is a major problem. I'd certainly rather see people protect their net worths. Uh, and then, you know, once we've got more clarity, uh, you know, begin to deploy more capital. I do think the traditional institutional investor, uh, you know, who's looking out very long term is going to, you know, obviously have to weather this volatility and longer term will look for, you know, buying the highest quality companies in this marketplace at the valuation levels where they think it makes sense because that's what they're paid to do. And if one looks at relative valuation, for example, on Amazon, you will see that the stock is trading at a discount, but the stock has been trading at a discount because the web services piece of their business has been decelerating, as I've written about so many times. That said, you know, this is an unbelievable uh, machine of, a, of, a, of an organization. And so I, I would tend to think that most investors are going to want to buy Amazon at a decent price point. And at $1,700, is that a decent price point or $1,600? Yeah, I think that's probably a decent entry point. However, you may get such a snapback that if you can trade that, I think it just makes sense to take profits. I mean, you know, you look at a stock like Apple, it went from, I don't remember exactly, 280 to 320 or so, or 280 to 300. And if you can make a quick 20 points, I mean, you guys are, are an organization that, that does have a customer set of traders, then, yep. you know, people are going to trade those. Yeah, for sure. Dan, uh, real quick, before we let you go, uh, how does this compare to the financial crisis to you? Is this crazier? And just in terms of overall craziness, just real fast. Uh, yeah, so um, that was unprecedented at the time. Um, so watching the market move the way that it did in that dynamic was pretty unbelievable. Obviously, we also had a flash crash around that time, which was pretty remarkable. Um, so, uh, you know, this feels similar to me. Um, I just think that that was a crisis-oriented moment in time, and yeah. there were ripple effects post this is a longer drawn out scenario that people are slowly realizing, I think that it could be potentially worse than they initially thought. And the ramifications on the demand side potentially is where people are getting really tripped up. All right. Dan Foreman, executive director, global technology sector strategist at Olive Tree Financial. Dan, thanks for the time. Have a great weekend. And uh, thank we'll you. Be guys. In touch. Yep. All right. Be well, everybody. All right. Yep. And also be safe, of course. Uh, so, uh, Dennis, I wanted to uh, sort of give you the floor here and uh, I mean, talk I about agree what... with everything that was just said there in that interview. Lots of great points. Um, and it, it's a difficult environment. And I'm completely on the same page as I think it's more important to worry about protecting your capital here than making money. So if you missed today's rally, say, why didn't I buy yesterday? I'll tell you the people who bought yesterday or simply got lucky because they could have been the day before. They could have been the day before that. There was no reason to say, oh, yeah, today is going to be bottom, the bottom of this. I personally do not think we have seen the bottom of this yet. And I would say if you are overmargined, if you are too heavy, if you are uncomfortable, use the rallies to lighten up because I don't think this is just going to all of a sudden be back. Uh, uh, up at 300 or 320 spy. I just don't see us as flying back. The reason is the news flow. You've got to think about what is happening and people can use charts, they can use technicians. The best trade 
out of all of this. And this is why, you know, I was obviously short the market off the beginning when I talked about this back in January. The best trade has been just thinking logically about this. What is going to happen? You know, we watched it materialize in China for a month and the market completely shrugged it off making new all-time highs, and I couldn't fathom it. I was on the show, and, you know, we talked about this like a month and a half ago. I was scratching my head. I'm like, I don't understand it. I had puts on the market because I was protecting my portfolio. They expired. I had to roll them out and buy more puts because my timing was three weeks early. But if you just think logically through it all, what was going to happen? I mean, China was having major problems, and you start to see it spread. It was logical to think that eventually it was going to come here, and when it did come here, that the markets would sell off significantly. And if you were just using that logic, you probably protected yourself like I did as well, selling a lot of my long-term investments because I was scared. I said, I'm not scared about a 10% fall. I said this back in January. I'm scared about a 50% fall is what I said. I mean, we got up to 27% yesterday, so we're halfway there to a fall that I thought, if this really got ugly, that we could fall 50%. I think we could still fall 50%. I think we could fall significantly farther if my bearish scenario was to come to fruition. So I want to go into the two scenarios now and take a few minutes. I have a bullish scenario and a bearish scenario. Everybody does, right? The bullish scenario is we get the vaccine cooking pretty good. We get a drug that's helping to cure it. So there's two things, cure, vaccine. If we can get, you know, and the Gilead drug is apparently helping a little bit, but if they can get a drug that is helping with the symptoms to help to to take people through this and less people are dying, that will help the markets to uh, rally, you know, very, very quickly back. So that's in the vaccine. So it's all about the out. And for the markets to really rally back to all-time highs, we need a vaccine and, or we need something that's really helping with the cure. Because the, the bearish scenario on the other end is, is very scary. And here is what we kind of saw starting to unfold yesterday. So if you think about it, go back to 2008, our guest was just talking about 2008, you think about the financial crisis. The financial crisis, and if you, you're just new to the markets, you know, you maybe read about it, but you didn't, you know, and I agree with the guest. I mean, the volatility yesterday felt like it did during the financial crisis. You got a good taste for what it was like. This is like what it was during the financial crisis. I trade every day during the financial crisis, doing arbitrage, and it was absolutely crazy. Yesterday was the same. But yesterday we were seeing the stocks that were getting hitting the hardest weren't necessarily, yes, the airlines got hit. And yes, the COVID stuff got hit. But you were seeing stocks that had a large amount of debt get hit the hardest. And that's what we saw during the financial crisis because if capital markets freeze and companies can't borrow, companies can potentially go bankrupt. So you think about you know, this, these scenarios here. Back in 2008 and 2009, capital markets were you know, freezing up and companies weren't going to be able to borrow. And the Fed, we know the Fed threw a ton of money at it, got the banks together and basically bailed out and bailed, bailed out the economy. But really, when you think about it, all we did was print more money, print more money, print more money, throwing money at the problem. So that's what they tried to do yesterday, even during the day, throwing more money at the problem. The market basically gave, you know, oh, gave it all back. Yeah, during the day when we, you know, we, we had that significant rally. But if you think about what was ha- supposed to happen or what was happening before the Fed came in and bailed it out in 2008, it was a collapse of the financial system. That's what was happening in 2008, 2009. The financial system was collapsing. The banks were all going to go down if it wasn't for the Fed. So here you are in 2020. We're 11 years later past the financial crisis. Did they solve the problem back then? No. They simply dug the hole deeper and band-aided it. So there is a bearish scenario here that, hey, you know, maybe this is coming to roost now. So maybe you're setting up where we are going into financial crisis part two here now. So I think when you saw the selling yesterday, it wasn't fear of COVID. 
it was fear of the capital market starting to freeze up and companies potentially going bankrupt. I mean, you look at that Boeing balance sheet and it is absolutely scary. So yes, you know, it's having a nice bounce back here today up 11% with the overall market. But if for whatever reason, you know, Boeing can't continue to borrow money, you know, the capital markets were continuing to freeze, you could see a scenario where Boeing could potentially need to be bailed out to make it. Those are scenarios that are on the table right now. You've um, got the airline industry asking, asking already. For it already. Yeah, I mean, look at, for it. And, the, and the cruise lines too. I mean, look at Norwegian. This is pricing now like an option. The market is pricing this like bankruptcy is on the table here. Stock doesn't go from $50 three and a half weeks ago to nine bucks yesterday if the market isn't scared about this company going under. They have a viable business. Can they, You're you right. know, and, and this is the question for this economy. And this is what I was trying to get to. The financial crisis, during the financial crisis, the economy didn't stop, didn't pause. It kept going. People were still going to restaurants. People were still spending money. We are setting up, like Italy right now is on pause. Can our financial system, this is the question for everyone, can our financial system handle an economic pause? Because that is what we're going into. I mean, I, I think, you know, restaurants, we're seeing movie theaters, maybe we're going to get shut down. Restaurants are probably eventually going to get shut down here. People are going to be scared to go on their whole. So it's not a matter of like, you know, recession, depression, anything like that. It's an economic pause. Is our financial system and is the economy strong enough to handle that? Yesterday, the sellers were saying no. Um, today, they're saying maybe they're saying yes. So this is still a question to be answered. But you know, can, you know the, the the cruise lines just all of a sudden not do cruises for six months to a year and and stay afloat and not go bankrupt. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if it, I think it's more of a no, and that's a scary thought. Can Boeing, you know, just continue to burn cash? How long can they burn cash for? And then you look at what other scenarios, what other companies have a lot of debt. Did you see the gold miners yesterday? Gold miners, which are supposed to be defensive stocks. Here's gold. Barely going, you know, it's went down, but it hasn't, you know, we're, we're, we're where we were when we started the year. The gold miners imploded yesterday. GDXJ was down 26%. It gave back, you know, the entire gains from the last two years in basically one day. What was happening there? I mean, you can, the people are saying it's a triple levered ETFs, and there may be something to that as well. But the one thing gold miners have is a lot of debt. And they're scared of companies. The market is very scared of companies with a high amount of debt right now. So I would say if you are picking, if you are going and looking at what stocks I can buy, look at the balance sheet. And I would say right now I would avoid stocks that have a large amount of debt because we don't know that we're not going into financial crisis part two. And I don't want to see, you know, uh, you know, uh, a lot of companies go under here, but it's potentially could happen. You think about the stocks that have held up well. Apple's held up very well. Why? Well, you can say, oh, yeah, they have debt, but they have way more cash. They have that. a lot of cash. Apple, so it, Apple can that, fund themselves. That's the other side of your They're point. Okay. That's yeah. the, the other side. Not just a lot, not a lot of debt, but substantial cash. Substantial cash. They can fund themselves. Google has held up pretty well. I mean, yes, it got hit, but Google's not going to go under. Google, in, a, in the events that they can't borrow money, is going to be just fine. They have a ton of cash. They're going to be okay. It's the companies that absolutely, you know, you think about the, you know, they say like in Canada, and I don't know what is in the US, like 30% of people live paycheck to paycheck. There are companies that literally live paycheck to paycheck that are running, you know, with cash flow in, cash flow out. If the cash flow stops, how long can they survive without new cash coming in? There are some companies like restaurants and stuff that, you know, it is very difficult. I mean, you think about some smaller restaurants, and that's why you've seen those stocks get hit too. But look at the balance sheets, the companies with a large amount of debt are at risk here right now. So that is, you know, the bearish scenario that we go on a financial crisis part two, 
and you know that, that COVID is you know basically the, you know we know the financial system has been built on the house of cards to a certain extent it's built in finance just with debt borrowed money borrowed money borrowed money u.s you know deficits enormous consumer deficit uh, consumer debt's enormous it's all built kind of on a house of cards digging 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 was COVID the, the the coming in did it pull the bottom card out from the house of cards and are we starting to see it come it all come tumbling down now so i don't think this is a covid fear anymore it's the fear like the, the people are fear for their health but there's also money managers that are fearing for the financial system right now so financial crisis part two is on the table not saying it's going to happen but saying it's possible and if you think that's going to happen i don't want to own companies with a lot of debt and i i mean i just the the oil i mean that was really the tipping point you know, with 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 the oil being down like that, because that you know affects the oil companies that have debt they got and problems. Then the banks. So that that was the tipping point, really. And Th- that's uh, what started spooking people. Yeah, like that's what started spooking major money managers, and you started seeing. And I mean, in the oil companies themselves, you know, Halliburton six bucks. There is going to be some companies, regardless of how this COVID thing ends. I'm not sure a lot of these oil companies, I think we're going to lose a lot of oil companies. And the banks, you know, you wonder what's happening with the banks getting hit, hit, hit hard. I mean, Wells Fargo's 27 bucks of yesterday. Yes, it's bouncing back nicely to 30 today. But, you know, you look at some of these banks, they're giving back years of gains here. I mean, we go to Wells Fargo, go to the monthly charts. We just gave back seven years of gains. Deutsche Bank is at an all-time low. Yes, it's having a nice morning here. Yes, it's bouncing back because people are saying, oh, here we go, we're okay. You know, um, you know, the market's okay. It's okay. But there is fear right now of, you know, the financial of the banking system collapsing as well. So a lot of bad loans. You know, we don't know what how it's going to handle an economic pause. I don't think this has ever happened where the economy just stops. I mean, this is what we're setting up for. The, the Italian economy right now is on stop. The only thing open in Italy right now by government orders, I believe, are pharmacies and grocery stores. So yeah, you look um, at those two things. Everything else is just stopped. So cash flow has stopped coming in. For all those other businesses, yet they still have expenses to pay, leases, you know, like they've got, you know, I don't know, like how you handle all that stuff. So a lot of things to think about a lot. And that's why the uncertainty in this market is so great right now that I don't want to see people coming all in here. Yeah. Okay, was, Eric, was it Eric Trump that said he'd go all in when the when the S&Ps were he, 15% he, higher than this? He, he it deleted that tweet. bad, bad he, thing to say. He deleted that tweet. That tells you all you need there to There are 9,000 contracts on the bid. And that that's in the March? Well, of course there is, Joel. It's up 5.68%. So again, we know where the market is. I know you're you're a, you're a, you're a floor guy because, you know, you were in the many pets. But, you know, I, I would... I'd buy every contract right now because you can sell SPY against it. So they're just anybody who gets hit on that bid is just making 0.7% because SPY is up 5.71% here right now. So we don't, people are saying the same thing as you are on CNBC. Oh, where's the market going to open? We know where the market is right now. The market is up 5.7%. We have a seven cent market in SPY. It is very, very efficient. So you don't need to look at the futures and say, where is the market? The market right now is up 5.7%. I bet you we open high. I bet you the spoos open well, up it's higher gonna be around. than 5.7%. We got an hour to trade. But right now, at this given moment in time, at 8.37, the market is up 5.72%. So it's just ridiculous to say, where is the market? They've said it on CNBC multiple times. We don't know where the market's going to open. No, of course not, because it's 9.30. It's, it's, 50, it's 50 minutes from now. But we know where the market is right now. It is up 5.74%. It's a four cent market in SPY. The high frequency traders, you can thank them for that. 
because they are actually, people say get rid of high-frequency trading. They're the ones that are pricing this market for you right now. So, you know, yes, high-frequency trading has its good points and bad points, but a lot of it is just arbitrage, and a lot of it's just pricing, and they're pricing that for you right now. All right. Uh, Let me know where it is. I, I I'll bet wanna... everything. I'll go all at, uh, at 5% right now because I can turn around <laughs> short spy against it. So that's what all the herbs are saying. Hit me. Please hit me. Because I okay. get 0.76% every time I get hit. I want your, I want your, your, your bullish scenario. But what I, what I think is going to happen is the spoos are going to open up more than that. And then the spy is going to play catch up. Well, then once the spoos are open, it's a give and take. So okay. but right now we know where the market Correct. is. Correct. So that's what I just wanted to say to the the viewers, because I've seen it on CNBC. You kind of just said we're we're, we're, we have a whole bunch of people been five who wouldn't bid the market up five (laughs) percent right now with five point seven eight percent. There's a three point seven eight percent there for the herbs. I do the herb. So I know this is 0.78%. If I get hit on the five percent bid on spoos, you turn around slam spy against it and you make a three point eight percent. So, of course, you're going to be bidding there. So, don't hit the 5% bid on, spoo- on the, the spoos right don't now. You're just throwing money away. Go hit spy and make yourself an extra 0.8%. All right. No, you gonna, can't, our... If you hit the spy now, you cannot hit the spy because the spoos might open up 7%. And then the sky, spy well, exactly. will catch up. Well, I'm saying if you get okay. hit, if somebody was oh, to hit, yeah, yeah, yeah. because if you, get, yep. if you get executed on the E-mini bid right now, that's why everybody's bidding right now. The person at the top of the queue on the E-mini can get hit right now. It's not halted. It's just limit up. So if somebody goes and sells one E-mini right now, that person's bidding is going to turn around and hedge it by selling short spy yep. and make a point eight six. Give us your bullish scenario. Wait, wait, wait. Well, before we, we get to that, before we get we'll to that, it. I want to get bring, to our guests. Yeah. This, Sorry, is like, this is like when, uh, you know, like uh, they tease you on the radio station, TV. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no, no, we're after the next break, we're going to have Dennis give his bullish scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, right, we got Chris. Right. Chris is good stuff right, here, too. Stand by. Chris. Chris Brescher from Retro Trading is here. Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Uh, we're doing okay, Chris. We're doing okay. And uh, I guess I want to just get your thoughts here on on this market and that Dennis just said that 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 you may have heard. And I mean, I, that's I don't know where else to start. So <laughs> I no, mean, we cut out for on a second. Uh, give me a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, do you have you have thoughts on on this market here and just sort of anything that uh, that I guess how to approach it going forward? Yeah, um, what I'm uh, what I'm doing is I traded till eight last night, and I was just uh, I posted on uh, even on social media that that had signs of capitulation, and so I traded till eight, and I look for stocks that were at support that are great companies. So and you trade small, so if you get hooked, you're not going to lose a lot of money. Um, what I did in there is I went to Regeneron. And what I did in there is I bought nine shares. I bought nine shares at 408.88. I took a stand, but if you look at a chart, it's got massive support in this area. So that's what I did in there. Sold it today at uh, uh, 440, uh, 440.41 or something. So I may I started the day up 31 points. So sometimes you just got to take the uh, take the plunge. Same with Clorox. So Clorox, the massive support is 56. So if you go to a daily chart, you'll see 56, a 156 is a great area. So I bought 50 shares of 156 and put it out today at 164. So all I'm doing is I was trying to be opportunistic. And Clorox obviously has to do with the virus stuff and all that. So 
it only got pounded down because I think the ES has nailed it. So, I mean, that's the way I looked at it. So I stuck my neck out, but not with big size. In fact, yesterday I put in 400 trades and the trades I did were basically small because I just didn't see a reason, you know, if things are moving $10 at a time, then, you know, if they're moving $10 at a time, you don't have to trade big. So just uh, that's how I did. So one of the things I did also, ah, there's the video. One thing I did also is like Dr. Uh, uh, Domino's Pizza. So Domino's Pizza has massive support. If you look in there, uh, Domino's Pizza has massive support. Let me put it up here. At the three, uh, let me see. 300. Well, if you have it on there, uh, I believe it's 300. Yeah. So what happened is I went and bought 30 shares. So I, I put in to buy it at 300.11 uh, because I don't want to have, uh, I, you know, I, I, you'd never put it in at a round number. So I put it in 300.11 because you'll see that's massive support. And then I, right away, I sold it at 312. Now it's 30 shares, but it's 12 points. So the point is you got to trade extremes in this market. There's no doubt you have to trade extremes. So that's all I'm doing is trading extremes at the moment. The other thing I'm doing is right now seeing the ES is limit up and I'm keying off of Apple. So Apple has just sold off two points, even though the, uh, the uh, ESs are limit up. So I'm sort of keying off Apple. I'm keying off also the Italian Borsa index because that led us on the way down and now it's up near resistance from yesterday. So I'm sort of keying off Apple, the Italian Borsa and oil. So the reason I think we're staying up on the SPY, the ETF, is oil's on its high. It's almost uh, 34. So there, I think, uh, like the 1987 crash, we closed near the lows. We opened way up. And then we went and tested the lows, really when people got margin calls, undercut the lows, and that was it. And that's what I'm expecting today. I mean, there's- You say we're going to take out yesterday's low today? I think we'll test it, but I don't know. I mean, if there's some big news from the Fed or the foreign markets stay up or oil goes from 33 and a half, goes to 36, all bets are off. But usually when you close on the low like this, you go and try to test the lows. So I'm not sure Apple's, you know, up a million, but you'll first see it in the leading stocks. So, so you're sorry, gonna, if you think up, we're I'm testing gonna... yesterday's low, that's 200 points lower from here. So you're going to be looking to short this market. Yeah, I'm going to be looking, but I'm trying to, it's hard, but I'm trying to be disciplined. So if I see a rollover on a one minute chart of the SPY, the Apple, the Google on, and when I say rollover, I mean either the 20 simple moving average or a small ATR trailing stop then I'll sell the market. I'll sell whatever stocks roll over using the high as a stop. I mean, that's how I want to do it. Um, and that's what I'm going to try to do and be opportunistic. So let's say right now, uh, CVX is trading 80, 70. And they may, and let's say, because we're up limit, they make it 75, 85. Well, I'll try to short it at 85. No doubt about it. I mean, totally try to short it at 85. Um, and I mean, or I'll try to buy it at 75. So I'm trying to do both things in there. And that's the way I'm going to try to trade it. 
And um, I, I just cr- think that's the way to trade this. Yeah, and Chris, are any specific names on your radar, or are you just going to be watching, like you said, Apple and, and, and the um, big caps and, and go from there? Uh, let me see. Uh, basically, I'm going to try to trade uh, Apple. I try to trade the ones with the biggest bang for the buck. I do like the oils long-term. And like yesterday, somebody asked me in the depths of despair, what do you do with Coca-Cola? And the way I look at it, Coca-Cola has a good dividend. It's a good stock, but it's also at monthly support. So I was telling them to buy Coca-Cola and sell like the June calls that include earnings. The usual expected move in Coca-Cola, even with 90 days to go, is $2. Instead, it's 11 So you go and buy stock and you sell calls because it's already at support. So that was a good one. Because if you go down, you're protected for 11 points, plus you get two dividends. If it goes up, they kill the volatility. You make a lot of money. So we were talking about selling, let me put it up here, the 50 calls. So we're talking about selling, uh, buying the stock 46.75. And uh, the 50 calls are, are 325. So that protects you a lot, not 11. That's the expected move. So it just ex- uh, protects you down to like 42 if you include dividends. And that just seemed like a layup to me. So that's, uh, that's what we did. Um, right, uh, and, uh, you know, that's uh, going to work. It's going to open up three points. So the calls aren't going to open up that much because the volatility is going to get hit. So I'm not going to mess with Coke today. I'm going to mess with the, the oils yeah. and key off of that. I yeah. want to mess with Apple because Apple okay. just has a lot of upside resistance. If you go to Apple and you look at the resistance area, I'm going to it right now. There are a lot of people hooked right at the 268 level. You see the gap from really 272 down to the prior thing of about 270. And you got to think people are thrilled to short at that, uh, sell their their long stock at 270. So that's uh, that's what I'm looking at. All right, Chris Brecher with Brecher Trading. Chris, thanks for the time today. Be safe in this market and be safe out there. And that's it. Have a good okay, one. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> all right. That's all there is to say at this point. It's just everyone be safe. Be safe in the market. Be safe in real life. All right. Now, Dennis, yeah. you were doomsday earlier. Please. I'm still tell doomsday. Me- and I haven't totally uh, j- just uh, finished that scenario there. So I just want to say, like, people, just, just to clarify here, people, are saying, well, we went down 20% in SARS and that had a huge death rate. Well, SARS cases were a lot less. But what I was giving in that last scenario was it wasn't, you know, that we're selling off now 30% for COVID. We're selling off on fears that the, that the, the economy can't handle the economic pause that we're going into. It's never went into an economic pause and that we're going to lose a lot of companies because of it. And, you know, the banks are selling off significantly because of that. That's what was happening yesterday. It wasn't fear of COVID. It was fear that the financial system might not be able to handle this economic pause. That's why they're selling everything with debt, hitting the banks so hard. So you don't know, like we, we don't know if it can handle it. We've never, we've never ever just stopped the economy for a couple months because that's what we're probably going into. I mean, we can see where Italy has went. You can see how, you know, everything's, you know, no merch madness, no Disney World, you know, all these things, you know, they're saying for a week or two. But, you know, you could see that getting, you know, you could see how a scenario here where the economy just kind of stops for a month or two. What does that mean for companies? Can they survive it? Those are the questions that are still need answering and money managers are betting. Um, Yesterday they were betting that they can't, today that they're betting that they can. They don't know, nobody knows the answer or how this thing is going to end. So the bullish scenario 
is that we can handle Indian yes, economic please, pause. Yes, please, bullish scenario. The please. bullish scenario is that the markets can actually handle an economic pause, that most of these companies can survive, that the government probably throws more money at the problem and we bail out the cruise lines and we bail out the airlines and we go through it like we did back in the financial crisis again, just throw more money at the problem get us through the economic pause. They come up with a cure or a vaccine quicker than, you know, what everybody is saying that they can. And then you've got stocks that are just completely on sale. Some of these prices are unbelievable if you have that scenario on the table. So I would say, you know, when I look at it, it's like, do I want to start nibbling here? I'm not comfortable enough to start nibbling because I'm not sure that my first scenario that I gave, you know, 20 minutes ago um, is, you know, it's hard to put percentages on this, but I think there's still a possibility that that could happen. And that's an ugly scenario. So I've got to look and say, what am I comfortable losing? Because in the first scenario that I was giving before, it isn't the markets are going to fall 30% or 50%. They fell 70% of the financial crisis. You could argue that the markets could fall back down, you know, another, you know, 50 or 60% from where they currently are in a financial system collapse. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't know it's not. So I've got to be comfortable and say, what I have in the investments, what can I afford to lose? So, you know, I've got, you know, a huge chunk of cash. We know that I've worked hard my whole life. I don't want to lose that cash. So the cash that I have right now, um, I want to make sure that I can live on that in the event that the stock market was to fall 60 or 70 or 80%. It could happen. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying there's a scenario here where I could see that possibility. So as you, you know, and we're not giving investment advice, but if you need cash tomorrow, if you need cash next week, if you need cash two years from now, I don't think you put that to work. If you need, ca- if you have your long-term investment account and you've got 20-year time horizon and you like, you know, Apple at these prices and you're buying good companies right now, I think you'll be happy that you started nibbling. Again, I, do you want to buy on a day we're up 1,400 Dow points? No, you're doing it backwards. We've been yeah. saying this nonstop. Buy the dips, sell the rips. You know, Chris is doing it and, you know, he's, he's just trading it. And that's what has been working, buying the dips and selling the rips. We're seeing the rip here today. So it's more of an opportunity to sell today as opposed to buy. If you're buying today, you're buying somebody else's profits because somebody was bidding Wells Fargo 27 bucks or 28 yesterday. And it's 30 and a quarter here this morning. You know, somebody was bidding Apple down there yesterday at 250 bucks. Now it's 266. They're probably looking to lock it in. Chris was locking in his profits. So you just got to think about how this market works. You can day trade anything. You know, I'm still trading. I'm buying and selling all day. What I'm talking to you as an investor is that I have put no money to work on the investment side. I have not bought one stock with my 70% cash because I just don't know how this plays out yet. I want more information. When I start to get more comfortable, I don't mind if I don't buy the bottom. You know, I don't mind if I miss the bottom. You don't have to get the bottom. The stock, you know, twi- if you like Twitter, you know, it's cheap at 30, it's cheap at 26. I don't know if it is or not. I'm just saying if you like that, um, you know, and I was on my radar and I've had a few other stocks. I talked about Gilead. I don't know now. I did actually, you know, was nibbling in Gilead yesterday and then I got spooked because I'm like, they're hitting every stock. I mean, they were even hitting Virtue Financial yesterday. It was probably making more money than they ever have with these types of trading environments. But a stock was a stock yesterday and they were just getting rid of stocks altogether. So the bullish scenario is that here comes, vaccine comes, the economy can handle an economic pause, the financial system can handle an economic pause, and I, you know, six months, a year from now, we're right back up and we're all regretting that we didn't go all in. That's the bullish scenario. Um, so you've just got to play both those and allocate you know, your resources according to your own personal situation, but don't put any money in this market that you can't afford to lose. I just want to clarify the S and P 500 fell like 60% in 2008. Uh, so 
Oh, how much uh, did it fall? Sixty. Yeah. Uh, well, like we went like, from fifteen hundred yeah, to six sixty-six. What is that? I, yeah. Well, it's like it was like fifty-seven percent. It was like. No, it's more. It, you get to this ballpark. It's seven fifty. Oh no, maybe you're 15, right. Fifteen percent. 5076 to 666. That that's the percentage. 57 percent. So just to clarify that point. So it's a good fall. But again, you know, we what would have happened if the Fed wouldn't have came and they got together in the banks with the tarp and everything? What would have happened? You would have saw a lot of banks fail. You would have saw a lot of businesses fail. You could have saw the market down 90 percent in that scenario. I'm not saying that's happening now, but I'm saying you're buying. You, you've got to look at this market as there's a lot of risk here of financial crisis part two. There is. It's that's why we were seeing stocks get slammed with debt yesterday. Like stocks that have you know ugly balance sheets, they were hitting those the hardest. There is that risk, and that's got to be in your assessment. You can't just say that will never happen. I'm just going to buy stocks here blindly because if you're putting money you can't afford to lose, you're asking to get in a lot of trouble. So my advice, and we don't give investment advice, but I would just say is don't put in any money that you can't afford to lose because you'd be shocked at how the far this market can fall in the event that we go into financial crisis part two. We could easily be down that 57% again or worse. And that would take us you know, twice as far down as we already are. But again, if you have a long-term horizon and you've got a lot of cash and you think, you know, like, you know, you, like your utility stocks aren't going away, you saw Southern go from $70 to $50 in a week and a half. I mean, basically from you know, a 52-week high to uh, you know, a 52-week low and basically you know, a couple of weeks. I mean, there are some opportunities here. So I'm not saying I'm going and buying any stocks. I'm not in my long-term account right now. But I think if you, you know, want to start nibbling on the pullbacks, not on the rips, on the pullbacks, and you're buying good companies and you have a long, long 20-year time horizon, I think that's fine. Yeah, I think uh, a couple things. Um, one is, you know, the, the economic impact, you know, from what has happened thus far. Uh, it's going to take a long time to filter out. I mean, um, you know, no, you know, I, did they permanently cancel the NCAA tournament? Yes, or they, yes, yes. So yeah, they're not going to have economic like, repercussions of this, Joel. The lot of money. There are no sports indefinitely. Indefinitely. I mean, what about, you know, what about, um, and I'm just putting a scenario analysis. What if there's no NFL season? Well, it's right, a ways so actually, away, but that, it's possible. That we what do if there's have, no so. MLB season? MLB's delayed it. What if yeah, they just right. cancel it M- all MLB together? You know what? I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss baseball. <laughs> baseball. Okay, Joel. Okay, there's too so many no, baseball no, games the, anyway. Baseball's they should have half done the anyways. The, the, the NFL, baseball the, games, me and Joel have decided. The NFL came out and said our season is still uh, – we've still planned to start it of course. in September. So yeah. it's it's a long ways away. Long can, ways can away. I, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're in a good position here right now. I mean, their season's so far away. They're like, oh, we're coming in the summer months. They are so happy that this didn't happen back in August or September. And, you know, obviously, you know, the, the scenario for them worked out perfectly. NHL yep. and NBA are like, wow, this couldn't have been worse. We're just getting ready to ramp up for the playoffs, which is where we make all the money. And now we've got to, you know, delay it or potentially cancel the season, which is unbelievable. So, I mean, this is starting to hit people in Main Street. But when I was out yesterday, and, you know, let's just talk about this. When you went out yesterday, Joel, when I went out yesterday, there's an uncomfortable feeling out there, but people are still going about their business. People are still, there was people sitting in the restaurants, you know, when I'm going out, there's people at the grocery stores. Nobody is wearing masks in my area. 
there's, you know, okay, yeah, there's something going on here, but it's probably not going to impact my lives. I've got two I, friends that are going to go on a trip. The one's going to go to Mexico, leaving on a plane sat tomorrow, and another one leaving Tuesday. Um, that's scary. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they're, they're saying that, hey, look, you know, this isn't, you know, I'm just going to go about my business. You know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And, you know, it's all going to be okay in the end. That might be I, right. But, I mean, I would not want to get stuck in Mexico, right, if the world is starting to, you know, not so 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 two points two points one yeah. is definitely it is definitely worse on the east coast and the west coast it is definitely worse on the coast than where we are in, in the middle of the country okay it, yeah I'm like what are you seeing spencer and joel i'm just, ta- I'm, just t- I'm just talking to like my like my parents i like don't see a lot mom, of fear uh my mom has seen a lot of fear my, mom, my mom's in, okay. new, in new jersey she's seen a lot of fear okay, okay. It's, it is worse in the, on the coast okay that's the first thing okay um and my mom was in costco yesterday she went to costco because she needed like she needed like a something for her car. Nothing even big. Nothing even big. She said the line was around the corner. She said they were blockading aisles to to uh, pr- to prevent the to help the flow of traffic. Okay, I mean it's bad on it's bad on the coast that we are seeing. That's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say is uh, just to provide a little bit of a counterpoint to what Dennis is saying is, uh, you know. It was- look at your time horizon my time horizon is 40 years i've made two rounds of small purchases in the past few weeks okay and i don't and i don't i told you already uh mutual funds i okay. bought i bought uh, a large cap fund a small cap fund an international fund and some bonds okay and i've made yeah. two rounds of purchases in the past few weeks and i don't intend to stop and i'll do it all the way down until i get my allocation to where i want it to be but i'm again i'm at a 40 year time horizon yeah. okay this yeah. this it, first of all, it's money that I can afford to lose. Second of all, my time rising so far out that I don't think this really matters in 40 years. So that's where I'm at. Just to provide a little bit of a yep. counterweight yep. To, what Den- to what Dennis is saying, I don't yeah, intend to stop. Point. I don't intend to stop making purchases. I, I Every time I've sort of waited for a big whoosh. We got a big whoosh yesterday. I don't know when my next buy will be, but I, don't, I do not intend to stop here. Uh, and uh, Dennis has said a great point. He, he doesn't care if he misses the bottom. I don't care if I miss the bottom either. I'll, I'll miss it on the way down. I'll miss it on the way up. It doesn't matter to me, right? So well, I'm also I'm, 15 years older than you, and Joel, exactly, you're in a completely different exactly, scenario. You're close right. to retirement. You don't want to exactly. lose. You know, there's people who are retired and say, I'm going all in here, I'm going to make a lot of money. I mean, don't lose your retirement account. Like, exactly. don't think there's a yes. scenario where the markets couldn't fall another 50% from where they are. Yes, it could. Yes. It could. I mean, we fell 27% in 13 days, 14 days. It's an incredible fall, incredible speed. It probably is going to come back. It likely is. We're likely all going to be okay. The economy is likely going to survive. The financial system is likely going to be okay. But there is a scenario where the financial system is not okay. And in that scenario, the market falls substantially more. And that is why I want to have a cash buffer. Just yep, in it, case. It's totally That's fair. And, then, and maybe it's not even – and maybe I'm being stupid because maybe – Maybe, you know, in a really epic collapse, maybe your money's not even safe in your bank. I mean, that was what happened in the financial crisis. So yeah. I don't think we're at that point yet, though. Uh, and then one more thing. Because the market moves faster today than it ever has before, Do you? it took us five and a half years to get back to new all-time highs from the financial crisis. It took us to like 2012, 2013, 2013, right, to make new highs. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think we snap back faster now? than before it took i think we could snap back if they get that if they get a cure and we get through there there is a scenario here on the table we could make new all-time highs by the end of the year it is on it's possible on the table it's possible anything is possible in this market we found you know 27 percent it's unlikely but anything we got to say possibilities here we're talking about possibilities not probabilities big difference between possibilities and probabilities i don't think it's probable that we're going to bounce right back here i think it's possible though and that scenario would involve a serious government intervention Everything is on the table. 
which is on the table. And, you know, the vaccine or the cure making serious grounds quickly. And this fatality rate being much less than what is being reported by the World Health Organization. If we start seeing major people die, like if Tom Hanks was to die, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think it's very unlikely. But if Tom Hanks is turned around and Tom Hanks is dead, people will get very scared. So if you start seeing major names die, major names getting it now, and we talked about Prime Minister's wife getting it. If you start seeing, you know, people die and younger, you know, like younger than 60 years old, that will spook the market. And it's possible. We saw a lot of young doctors in China die. So don't just think, you know, that this is just, you know, killing old people and old and the weak. It will kill healthy people, too. So you've got to think about all those scenarios. And people are very scared with their money. And if you start seeing some major people get this, or me, and you're going to see some major names get this. Don't kid yourself. You're going to see, like, oh, my goodness, that person had it. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to get this. It's a matter of how they, um, you know, right. how, uh, how many people just, die. Just as, in, just as importantly, everybody will know somebody, right? You it will. will. It will hit close to home. I, so I, if, I, if I honestly happens. think there's a chance that yeah. I have it right now. I think there is a chance. I have a flu bug. I'm feeling pretty good. But, you know, who knows? The difference, like we were saying off the bat on this show, is the symptoms between the normal flu and the symptoms between this are pretty close. So I think I'm not running a fever yet. I went into the clinic and he doesn't have me as a, a suspicious case because I'm not running a fever. If I was running a fever, they probably would have did COVID case on me. So he said, if you start running a fever, he basically said, just stay home so you don't make other people sick. You know, and if I get, a, it says if you get to a point where you can't breathe, then you go to the hospital. So I'm not running a fever. And, you know, I, you know, obviously I'm going out, I'm wearing a mask anyways, but I have a little tickle in my throat. I feel a little bit, you know, I don't feel that bad. I'm talking normal. I feel pretty good, but I've got, you know, something going on. Is this day one of COVID or is this day or, or day two of COVID or is this day two of flu, normal flu? I'm hoping it's just normal flu. I think it's probably just normal flu. I think 90% of the flus out there are probably just normal flu right now. But the COVID one, people think, oh, it's not in my area. Oh, it's in your backyard. It's already here. Don't, don't kid yourself. It's just the cases haven't been diagnosed. So don't think, you know, it's not, when you get a flu symptom, it could be. But don't get yourself all paranoid. Here, you know, I've been talking about this for a long time. I'm not paranoid right now. Even if I have COVID, there's a high possibility that I'm going to be able to fight it off because I'm in pretty good shape. So, you know, I worry about my kids, obviously. And, you know, I took Spencer in and they think he has tonsillitis, Spencer. So, you know, I think he's, you know, in a different scenario and he seems to be doing bouncing back a little bit. He's on antibiotic for tonsillitis now. But, I mean, this is all scary. And, Joel, you've been quiet here. Like, what are your thoughts through this whole thing? Uh, f- from from what, pers- from a market perspective? From both. From, you know, you have a wife who is a doctor. Yes. You know, and obviously, you know, she's got scenarios. And, you know, you think just from a personal perspective, she's putting herself at risk every single day yep. to get this because she's in the doctor's office seeing patients. I said that to the doctor I saw yesterday. I said, you know, you, you guys are really at risk. You Like, you guys, it's got to be scary for you. And he's like, it is scary. That's what he said to me. It is scary right now. But he has a job and he's putting himself at risk. And I'm sure, you know, Lisa must think about this now as you see yeah. in the Detroit yeah. area. Yeah, um, it, it's... It's not over, you know. It's not over. I yeah. don't think it's even close to over. And and, and uh, you know and but you know the market is is a predictor, right? Yeah. Of of things. So you know, yeah, we we had you know the overshot on the downside. I, from a market perspective, I am not really not going to be comfortable until the volatility comes down. And we had a 342 point range yesterday, if you included the Globex session. 
All right. This kind of, I've been saying this consistently since this, this has been going on. You know, this is not even a great up move. I'm very happy that we're up 126 handles and we're going to go higher. But, you know, whatever, we're going to peak off, you know, off the, um, uh, the reopen. And then we're going to go into reverse at some point. We're just not going to go straight up all day. And it will, there will be vacuums. And so I just, I'm not comfortable. I mean, you know, putting new money to work. I've, I've nibbled on a couple stocks um, just in a swing, a swing trade account, um, you know, really small and just, you know, Twitter. I just, you know, I like that stock. I've been hoping to get it back under $30. So, uh, you know, I tried it once. I got yesterday. smoked. I tried it again. I mean, I, you know, there's good things happening with the company. You know, Elliot, you know, there's certain fundamentals. They must must be going crazy now with, uh, you know, with everything that's going on. So it's just wait and see approach. It, but it would take a lot for me to go back. I mean, I don't even know if I'll ever go back at all in at the market, you know, at this point. I well, mean, you're I, older, so you yeah. shouldn't be all in maybe at this time either. When you're 80 years old, I'm just kidding with you, Joel. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I even 80. at my age, like, you know, I've worked pretty hard for 21 years trading. It's a stressful job. I figure, you know, I'm going to start slowing her down probably in five to 10 years. So I don't want to lose money I made. So I went through the financial crisis and lost my, watched my investment portfolio fall to 57%. I was pretty much all in through the financial crisis. Um, and, you know, and I've had a long time horizon like Spencer Israel did back then too. I was, you know, 12 years younger. So I was like, well, I'm just buying. And, and some of those stocks I bought during the financial crisis made my long-term portfolio. So that's, you know, another thing to be said about buying when, you know, there's blood in the streets. You think about, like, you know, how'd I get, you know, MasterCard at 11 bucks? And how did I get at LHX, you know, during the financial crisis? You know, and obviously it's come down significantly here about like $25. And how'd I buy these preferred stocks that were yielding 40%, you know, at five, $6? I mean, I took a chance because I had the money that I could take a chance. So I think, you know, if you're you know, 25 years old and you got some cash, you can, you can afford to take the chances here right now. So I wasn't yeah. saying, you know, to, you know, other people who are in the longer, you know, have a longer time yep. horizon. Those people can afford to take a chance right now. Spencer Israel can afford to take a chance. He probably should take a chance on these major dips. If we give this all back today, not saying we're going to, if we do, you might want to try to start buying a little more dip. Just nibble in, nibble, nibble, right. nibble. Nibble, exactly it, exactly it. Yep. Um, all right. Wow, I we think went this, over time here. I think that's a good place okay. to end the show uh, today. I want to thank everyone who uh, stayed, stayed with us this week in what has been a historic week for everyone here, a week that uh, – none of us had ever have ever experienced before uh i think in the markets and, and even in life so everyone uh you can always catch the podcast of our show uh it's on whatever uh, podcast platform you choose where we watch our show on youtube thanks to both our guests today chris and dan uh everyone uh be safe out there uh as i've been telling our guests be safe in the markets be safe in life and uh we'll be back with you on monday morning that's what we do so everyone have a good weekend this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.